Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 532 for the 17th of ER in a regular year. So do you ever go to a magic show and become so baffled with how it is that the magician did their trick? So I know this has happened to me quite often, and I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by magicians, by mentalists, and all of that. And some of them are really, really good. And it's really, it's, it's like, it feels impossible to be able to, really understand how it is that they're going about doing what they're doing. I have a friend actually who can't stand watching magic shows for this exact reason because it's just too annoying to her to not know how they did their trick and she'll spend hours googling it afterwards and trying to figure it out and all of that. There are some magicians who claim falsely that they that they're actually doing magic. The f- most famous example of this to my knowledge is in the case of Uri Geller, who he he would actually tell people that he was actually bending spoons with his mind and that he had actual spiritual capacities to be able to do this. Many people I know actually really believe that this was true because I guess back in the day, I think it was like in the 70s, we didn't have Google, we didn't have these things, so I guess it was much more believable. But even he has been eventually debunked. So we know that uh, there's there's a really good book and a movie. Uh, I would highly recommend the movie. The movie is called a- An Honest Liar. And it's a documentary that was put together by another magician named Randy, the amazing Randy. And he actually got very annoyed by... Ori Geller by the fact that Ori Geller was going around claiming that he was this doing magical things when he knew very clearly that he wasn't and he felt that this was an insult to the magician profession and the amazing Randy actually in the movie proceeds to show that he can actually do all of the same things that that Ori Geller can do and he explains that he's doing a trick and he doesn't break down how he's doing the trick he doesn't give away his secrets but he does tell people clearly that he is just doing a trick it's just a trick of the the eye the mind and interestingly even though he will tell people very explicitly that he's actually doing a trick that it's not real it's not real magic some people will be so stubborn as to claim that he's actually lying in that regard and that he actually is doing magic and that he actually does have magical powers even though he claims that he doesn't so why am i bringing this all up and what is this how does this relate to tanya and what we're going to be talking about so i think that this very much relates to the fact that here in this world that we live in We tend to, just like when we look at magicians, it's like we believe what it is that we see in front of our eyes. And it's hard for us to imagine the sleight of hand that we don't see because it's done so quickly and with such skill. 
So too, here in this world, we see what's in front of us, but we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And some of us are more stubborn than others, and we refuse to acknowledge the fact that there's something going on behind the scenes, that there's a magician, so to speak, behind it all that's pulling the strings, that's making everything move. And this magician, quote unquote, obviously is God. And so if we go back to what we're, we've been talking about. So yesterday we talked about this idea. And just for context, again, we are still in the middle of chapter 48. Uh, we have a couple more days of that, of this chapter. And so yesterday we talked about this idea that for a human being, when we think about something, when we think about something that we did or something we're going to do or something we're doing right now or what we see in front of us, we visualize pictures in our mind's eye of these things. And we can say that these things are encompassed by our vision or that we are encompassing these things. But in truth, it's it's like we're not actually encompassing these things. We're encompassing images of these things, but these actual objects are not actually affected by us. And then we talked about that, how this is, we began talking about how this is in contrast to God and how when we talk about God encompassing the world or the world being encompassed by God, this is actually true. This is true and actual fact that we exist within God's knowledge and God's, God's knowledge exists in a way that he's actually encompassing us. And the Rambam uh, explains this in a very explicit way where he says that God is the known, God is the knowledge, and God is the knower. He's all three of these things. So whereas for us, we can think about different objects, we can think about different, different things, and these while these things, these images might exist in our minds, the things themselves are separate than us, which is not the case with God. So when we go back to this example of the magician, so just like when we see the magician performing an act on stage, all we see is the object disappearing, reappearing, whatever it is, but we don't see the sleight of hands that's happening behind the scenes, even though that sleight of hands is all the magician's doing. So it's the thing did not vanish on its own. The thing did not reappear on its own. This is the magician who did who is doing these things. He is in full control of everything that's going on on the stage. So too is it with God, that God is actually the one who's vitalizing everything in this world. And so let's get into the Tanya text and see how the Altar Abba explains this. And today he's really going to focus on the earth and he's going to focus on really getting into that very basic um the earth, how, how it is that God actually vitalizes the earth in such a way that is totally, the earth is totally and a hundred percent dependent on God's vitality, but yet at the same time, God's vitality is entirely concealed as well. So today's section continues directly from last time where last time, uh, where we concluded was in introducing this idea of how the way that God's thoughts are different than human thoughts is that when we think about things, then we think about things in, and the things that we think about exist in our minds in this kind of like illusionary imaginative way. You know, like I, I plan my day. I think I have a good memory about something or I'm inventing something and that invention exists in my mind in this kind of like illusionary way versus for God, when God creates things, these things exist in his mind, but in an actual way, in a real way, they actually exist there. They're actual things. And so now today, the Ultra says an example of this type of creation of this type of creation that exists in God's mind in an actual real way is the earth, the the earth on which we live, the the globe. So God's knowledge of this earth, it encompasses the entirety of the diameter of the earth and everything that it's inside of the earth, the inner core of the earth, everything, 
true actual reality. And this knowledge actually it's not just like that god knows about the earth but it's actually the vitality of the earth and it's actually what brings the earth into being something from nothing all the time however this earth could not actually come into being something from nothing like that with a with way of limitations and infinitude so it's it's a finite earth right and it only has a little bit of of vitality in it so we don't actually see god in this and it and when we look at the earth itself it's actually it, it exists like what what makes up the earth it's made up of the vegetative and the inanimate aspects of creation so these are the lowest forms of creation so the only way that god could actually vitalize the earth in this way and that the earth could come into being is if it had many different contractions if god went god's vitality went through many 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 different contractions that contracted this light and this vitality to be able to be invested within, within this this earth in order to bring it about and in order to vitalize it and uh, and have it have these limitations and to be able to have this level to, to exist on this level of vegetative and uh, and inanimate. And now the ultra is going to explore this idea a little bit deeper by explaining how this works in terms of a teaching brought down by the Rambam about how God is the knowledge, the knower and the known which is something that we mentioned in the introduction. So the Ultra Rabbis says that all of this is made possible about a God, you know, encompassing the earth in a true and real way due to the fact that God is the knowledge, he's the knower and he's the known. And this is something that's taught uh, throughout Judaism. And that when we say that in knowing himself, as it were. So what does it mean that he knows himself? He knows all of creation because all of creation is part of God. Like there is nothing separate from God and there's no knowledge that exists apart from God. Like it's like, that's how God's knowledge is different than man's knowledge because with man, like we mentioned, man knows things that are separate from him, but rather with God, everything comes from God. There is nothing that does not come from God. And this is something that is like, we're talking about it. And yet it's like difficult to even talk about because we can't really understand it. It's like, it's not, there's nothing we can really relate to in our own personal life. So this is where this concept gets really tricky because it's like in Hasidus, we give a lot of Michelle and we give a lot of parables to try to explain different things in creation and God and things like that. But when it comes to this, it's like, okay, so we can try to understand how it is that a person conceptualizes and, and, and knows things, but it's not really a perfect analogy because the way God knows things and the way we know those things is really very different in the ways that we've been talking about. And it's not something we can really understand. And so now the ultra right here brings a note, a little like side note where he talks about, and he brings up the Rambam and he brings up how the Rambam talks about this idea of like that God is the knowledge, the knower and the known. And he says that the Kabbalists actually agreed with him about this. It's, and we can see this in the Pardes of the, of the Ramak of blessed memory and also in the in the writings of uh, the Arizal of blessed memory that they talks about this idea of the contraction and the vestment of the light in the vessels as we talked about above in chapter two so basically the ultra is saying is that there is uh evidence for this idea that we've been talking about of god being the knowledge the knower and the known in the teachings of kabbalah as well not only in the rambam and then the 
Alter Rebbe goes on to say, and he says that this knowledge that God's has, God has is in an aspect of infinity. And so this is why we can't say, so the reason why, so the, what he's addressing here is the fact that we call this, this light that we've been discussing, we call it Sovev Kol Ami, we call it that it encompasses all the worlds. And so it's, you might think to yourself, well, if God's knowledge is everywhere and everything is within God's knowledge, why is it encompassing all the worlds? Why don't we say that it fills all the worlds? So the altar says we can't say that it actually is vested in the orb of the earth because the earth is limited and it's finite. And so since this knowledge, God's knowledge is infinite, infinite cannot be vested in finite. That's just not possible. So that's why we, the way that we describe it is this as this encompassing and surrounding light, even though in reality, this knowledge actually does encompass the entire thickness and the entire width of, of, uh, of, of the world in actuality and it actually brings it into le- into existence something from nothing as will be explained elsewhere we're going to talk about this so uh so yeah so that's the end of the section today so it's a little abstract and it's a little hard to understand and the ultra addresses that he says yes this is something that actually is beyond human comprehension to really get this like how it could be the god is the knowledge the knower and the known and and he knows everything in the world and ever and there is nothing outside of him in terms of what it is that he's knowing but this is the reality and so the reason why we call this light the it, the the light that encompasses all the world the light of sovev kolamin like that's the the aspect of god that we're talking about here is because god's knowledge truly is infinite and it has no limits and it has no bounds but yet what we're talking about that he knows namely the world is finite so how can these two things be reconciled by under by explaining god's knowledge in such a way that he encompasses all the worlds so that's it for today and today, tomorrow we will begin chapter 49 and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamina cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.